Welcome back to the Pro Sports Podcasters. My name is Corberteron. Most of you know me as Kobe. And today I want to answer a question that keeps coming up over and over again on practically all of our social media channels. And it relates to NFTs and more importantly, what they're worth. And we specifically cover sports NFTs now. And I want to go over really what are they worth, what sets the value, and what determines the long-term value for a sports NFT. Let's get right into it. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters, with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world, covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We are something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. I've had a lot of people ask me, how much do I think the UFC strike NFTs are going to be worth? The NFL all day NFTs are going to be worth. There's a disconnect between the collecting community, the casual collector, people who've gotten kind of interested in this, and what the values actually are and how they're determined. So I want to end this right now. I want to just put an end to the confusion and let people understand why NFTs are significantly better than hard product. Here's the big thing. Okay, So I actually come from a collectible card game background. I've owned and managed a number of collectible card game stores in the height of that hobby, basically. I'm talking Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh!, those kind of things. But they share a lot of similarities to NFTs, specifically sports NFTs. And that's the values can greatly fluctuate depending on what happens in the marketplace More importantly, what happens on the game side of things, because collecting sports NFTs, NBA Top Shot has shown us, it's not just about collecting your favorite players and sitting on them, and as time passes, they're worth more. That's a part of it, but it's just a small part of it. It's also about the challenges, the quests, the different games within collecting that make a big difference. And for instance, everyone's probably seen this if you've done any research at all. You'll know that on NBA Top Shots, they have these flash challenges that will bonus you in some way if you can put together a group of NFTs that represent the players that achieved a certain thing. So maybe they'll have whichever players recorded the most blocks on Saturday games. And let's say there's, you know, six games on Saturday. Each player from each game that got the highest number of blocks, you'll end up having six players worth of NFTs that need to be assembled in order to win something. Could be a free pack, could be a a limited edition NFT, some sort of bonus. And what this does is it ends up inflating the value of some of the NFTs that are involved in that challenge. You may have an average everyday Joe for blocks. For instance, I have a Taco Fall, right? Pretty good blocker. He's not the greatest player in the world. Most people wouldn't know who he is, but If he was to happen to have a great day on the court in terms of blocks, he could end up in that NFT challenge. And if so, his value shoots from, in this case, he's like a $3 common, 
but it could shoot to, could be 10 times that, could go up to $30 if that's what's required by a lot of people in order to fulfill that challenge. Because people will go on the marketplace and they'll buy whichever NFTs they require to fill out their roster in order to win that free pack or free limited edition NFT. So that plays a part too. But what it really comes down to when determining value, first off, the most important thing, what makes it completely different from buying sports cards at a store is the value of each NFT is determined by the collectors. It's not determined by some arbitrary body, some knowledgeable individual who decides, you know what, I'm the one that gets to decide how much each one of these NFTs is worth because I just know more. It's got nothing to do with that. Dapper Labs does not set the value for NFTs. The collectors do. And one of the reasons why I wanted to get in early, as early as possible on some of these sports NFTs, I wanted to be there first. I didn't get in on NBA Top Shots. I'm not a huge NBA fan. So I kind of let that one slide. I shouldn't have in retrospect. I should have just jumped in. But I'm in on UFC Strike. I'm in on NFL all day. I'm just going to keep watch. And as new ones come out, I may just jump in. And the reason being is because as collectors, we get to set the market. It's not like the second the marketplace opens, there's some kind of price guide like you'd see with collectible card games or the typical Beckett when it comes to sports cards. There is none of that. The collectors get full discretion as to how much each NFT is worth. So it comes down to what we list them at. And this is important because I want people to understand this. If you want your NFTs to be valuable, like I'm sure all of us do, you can't go in low. You can't. Because by doing so, you set the market at a low level. You basically shoot yourself in the foot. A couple of my friends asked me, they're like, how much you think a common from UFC strike would be? And I said, well, it's got to be at least three digits. And they said, really? You're only paying 50 bucks for the pack. You're getting three of them. Well, that means you're getting double your money on one NFT. And I said, yeah, why wouldn't you want that? This is the first series. These are the very first MMA NFTs by the biggest organization in mixed martial arts. How could you not ask minimum $100 for one of the very first ones that have come out? And it's not like these are terrible fighters, right? It's, it's not like the NBA where you have this massive number of players. Some of them are just bench players, only play a few minutes per game, and they may have some kind of NFT that's out there, and no one knows who they are. No, in, in the UFC, the roster of fighters isn't that great. So practically every single one of them, there's a handful that the casual fan wouldn't know. I'm a huge fan of MMA. I'm, we cover MMA with the Pro Sports Podcasters. I've got Bellator Media Access. You'll, you'll hear me asking questions on the post-fight interviews or pre-fight interviews of Bellator. I'm big into MMA. I've been into it since the very beginning. None of the guys they released in the first set are unknowns. Some of them are potential huge up-and-comers. And you have some bona fide stars that were available in that first release. So how could you not ask at least three digits for an NFT? But here's the kicker. You can ask three digits. I will ask three digits. But if somebody out there says to themselves, I just want my money back. So I'm going to put it at 20 bucks each. They kill the market. So don't do that. We control the market. The collectors control the market. 
So don't cheap out on yourself. Somebody is going to pay to have what you have. Someone's going to want it more. So do not cheap yourself out. That's the beauty of it. My first collectible card store, I opened it with a friend of mine, primarily because the two of us had acquired so much value in magic cards and some of the other collectible card games at the time that we wanted to get a fair return on what we invested. And there was no way to do that by selling our cards to a store because they're going to want to get 50 or 60% on the dollar, right? They're not going to pay you full pop. It's never going to happen. You go in and say, well, this card's worth a thousand bucks. Okay, we'll give you 600 for it because they want to make their money too. But with NFTs, the marketplace is the store and it's shared by everyone. So essentially your collection is your store. You control it. You get to set the value. So set a good value. Get yourself a good return. And as long as we do this, the value of sports NFTs is going to be excellent. Absolutely excellent. We just need to get the community on board. We need them to understand. You don't have to lowball yourself. These are very limited collectibles. Trust me, I know. I've done the collectible card thing. And the print runs on a lot of these is significantly lower than anything you'd find in a collectible card game. But you're still going to get huge money on those collectible cards. Why? Because they're playable in a particular game? This particular game, every potential NFT you own could be important at some given time. Depending on what the challenge is, if it happens to land on one of those guys that you don't even care about, suddenly that NFT is worth big money. So know this and approach the market in a proper perspective. So when people ask me, how much is an NFT worth? It's worth as much as you think it's worth. And it's as worth as much as the next guy thinks it's worth, provided somebody doesn't go on and just kill the market by putting everything low. So don't be that guy. Do not be that guy. Let's make some money at this. Let's enjoy collecting. Let's get the NFTs we really want to have. Let's watch them go up in value and let's set a market that even on the low end, doesn't hurt us financially. That's the plan. If you have any questions for the Pro Sports Podcasters, be sure to reach us on our Twitter account, where you can also slide into our DMs and catch the latest snippets, dirt, and other exclusive things that we will tweet. Check us out at P Podcasters on Twitter.